Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. We at Marriage Helper get a lot of questions about marriage, particularly marriages that are having problems. And people know that one thing we do is that we help people get past extramarital affairs. And as a matter of fact, I have a pretty good record of helping people do that. And so a lot of the questions that we get are from the spouse that's been cheated on. But understand that we do get a great number of questions from the spouse who had the affair. Is there different information for that spouse, the one who had the affair, but now wants to put the marriage back together? Well, actually, to some degree, there is. What would it be? (laughs) We'll tell you about that in just a couple of minutes here on Relationship Radio. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. This is Kimberly Holmes. Kimberly is our CEO, and she happens to be my youngest daughter. <laughs> it's wonderful working for your daughter. I mean, she is the boss, but if you people happen to pray, pray for me. I'll tell you what, <laughs> working with your... <laughs> pray for all the blessings that he gets to receive working with his youngest daughter. Kimberly, we only have about a half hour on this program, and there are a lot of things we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. This has to do with when you have been the one who has had the affair. Mm-hmm. either an emotional affair, a physical affair, sexual affair, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, okay, if that happened, if I'm the one who strayed, is there any way to put the marriage back together again? And the answer is yes. Now, we can't go into great detail at every point, but there's several things we'd like you to remember. Let me start with one of those. When you had that affair, either, and I'm assuming based on how, what we're going to be talking about with the questions that come in in just a few minutes, it's not having to do with people who had one night stands. Because when we say how to end an affair, how do I end my affair? When we get that question, that implies, of course, that somebody has been in it for a while. It's not just that, that thing that happened because you were at the wrong place at the wrong time and did the wrong thing. And so when we look at this and say, how do I end it? If it was a sexual affair and it lasted for a while, then it probably was very intensely sexual to the point that it had some control over your desire. Or if it were an emotional affair and it lasted for some period of time, then that meant that you sometimes thought to yourself, I can't stop these emotions. I can't control them. If it was an emotional affair that became sexual, it becomes even more intense than that. And so if you're trying to get out of an affair, trying to end an affair, trying to move forward, the first thing we want you to recognize, if you will, is that the emotions you're feeling, the drives that are happening are probably stronger than you are. Now, don't get discouraged. 
That's just a point you need to understand to begin with so you can know how to move forward. So, Kimberly, what's another thing that goes right along with that point? Absolutely. The second point is to accept that the emotions, the overcoming, overwhelming emotions that it can seem to have at times are bigger than something you can handle yourself. Joe, when we were talking about this, I was talking to you about how I had recently heard somewhere, and I honestly can't remember where, but I had recently heard um, someone say that the best way really the most effective way, which could really say, you could say the only way to get over an addiction. And I'll come back to that in a minute is when the person is finally willing to admit, I can't do this by myself. I have to get help from someone else. Now, someone might be saying addiction. What does that have to do with an affair? We understand that it's not exactly the same thing, but we do know that limerence, which is a lot of times what's going on in a person and in their, the chemicals in their brain when they're experiencing an affair can be very similar in the way that it looks to how addiction works as well. All of the dopamine spikes and what happens with serotonin can do similar things in the brain. And so it can actually be wise to approach overcoming ending an affair in a similar way that people would with an addiction. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is admitting, I can't do this alone. I need help. And there's no shame in that. No, no shame at all. Over the years, I've had so many people, men and women, sit with me in conversations and say those very things. I can't control this. I can't stop. One lady said, I tell him it's over. I'm never going to see him again. And, And then the moment the moment that he walks back into my life, it's like we start right back from where we were before. And so it does, it does feel like you can't control it. But if you understand that, and Kimberly did, I hope you heard what Kimberly just said, which is there's no shame mm-hmm. in getting the help that you need. As a matter of fact, if you try just to do it on your own, you're going to be on a roller coaster for a while. And sometimes that roller coaster is going to seem very thrilling. And sometimes it's going to scare you to death. Mm-hmm. So what else, Kimberly, do we need to be talking about this if a person needs to understand how to overcome his or her affair? Yes. I was talking to someone just the other day, a client of Marriage Helpers, and this woman was talking about how her husband specifically was not willing to accept responsibility for the cheating that he had done. And she said, every time it comes up in conversation or we talk about it, he immediately goes to why it was actually somehow my fault. And of course she was talking about how it's difficult to get past this when that's what's going on. And I said, of course it is because what actually needs to happen is the person who has had the affair needs to take full responsibility for what they have done and not give any blame to the other person. This is a time to get rid of your ego, get rid of that pride, humble yourself and understand that while your marriage may not have been perfect, no marriage is, that doesn't mean you get to give any blame to your spouse that you cheated on. You need to accept the full responsibility for your actions without without giving without allowing yourself an out. Accept the responsibility. And understand that that's not just for the sake of your spouse, although it really is important for the sake of your spouse. Mm-hmm. They, If you put this marriage back together, they're going to need to know that you accept responsibility. But understand there's a deep psychological thing behind this as well. As long as you don't accept responsibility for your behavior, 
you're not going to be doing anything about being able to stop it. So, well, this is my mom's fault, my dad's fault, my wife's fault, my husband's fault, etc. Then that actually programs you not to deal with what you need to deal with inside of yourself. So it's not just for the sake of your spouse. It's for your own sake that you take responsibility for this. And then you're going to be asked a lot of questions. We'll actually talk about this a little bit more by your spouse. If you try to put the marriage back together about how did this happen? Why did this happen? Now, look, when those questions get asked, and we're going to explain this a little bit more when we answer a question in just a few minutes. When that kind of question gets asked, be as honest as you can about the why and the how but at the same time, being very careful, like we just talked about, not to make it appear somebody else is responsible. So I need to look within me. What is there within me that made me susceptible to this? Not what did you do to me? What is there within me that made me susceptible to do this? So mm-hmm. some self-examination, being honest with yourself is going to be pretty important here. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point, Joe. Also, that self-assessment and that self-awareness is key in it not happening again, or to begin to protect yourself from it not happening again as well. Mm-hmm. Another point to this, and this is so important, highlight, mm-hmm. if you're taking notes, write this down in huge capital letters, you need to cease all contact with the affair partner. There is no, can we still be friends? There is there is none of that. We actually had a question in a previous episode where a listener submitted and asked, what can I do? We're trying to rebuild our marriage, but my wife insists on continuing to be friends with the affair partner, and I just can't move past that. I feel like that's not healthy for us. Absolutely. It's not. If that temptation is still there, if that relationship is still there, there's a lot of reasons that it's not healthy. One of which is how does it affect your spouse and feeling like that relationship is more important than rebuilding your marriage. But the other one is, is for you. You need to cut it off, stop completely cold turkey because you have to move on in order to heal and not fall back in to having the same problem happen again, entering into the affair again. Mm -hmm. Continuing contact in essence is saying this, well, I'm sorry about the affair. I'm sorry I cheated on my spouse, but I still want some aspects of that affair. Mm -hmm. I still want the friendship that came with that other person. So we'll Mm -hmm. cut out the sex or the emotional things we were doing, but I still want to have that friendship. In other words, you're trying to hang on to something Mm -hmm. that you didn't have a right to, to begin with because it violated the covenant, if you will, the contract, the agreement, whatever you want, word you want to use there that you have with your spouse. And so if you keep having contact with that person, even if you think you're so strong, it would never come back again. You are elongating your healing process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to take a lot longer for you to get over it if you keep talking to or having any contact whatsoever. And it's going to take that person, your affair partner, a lot longer to get over it. So if you really want to end your affair, no contact. None. Not only that, but also I don't think the person can ever fully be satisfied in their marriage if they're continuing to get some kind of emotional or physical, whatever stimulation from that other person. You have to end it. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Very good. And then while you do that, your your spouse, of course, I'm assuming is knowing about the affair here. And so we're saying be completely honest, confess wisely. What that means is if your spouse, your husband, your wife is asking questions, you know, did this happen? Did that happen? Whatever. Be honest and open. So confess 
So when we say wisely, what we mean is this. If your spouse asks you a question, it calls for a visual. So, for example, if, if a wife were to ask her husband, did you kiss her? Now, you understand there's a lot of other verbs we could put there. If he says yes, then she's going to get a mental image. And there are a couple of things wrong with it. Number one, it's not what actually happened. It's what her imagination conjures up. And number two, it means it's in her head for a while now. So even after he's healed and passed this, she's still going to have that image in her head. And so we suggest that when somebody asks those kinds of questions, if my spouse asks the kind of question that would create a visual, that you ask permission not to answer that one. Now, in a little while, we'll talk about how you can better do that. But understand that you do need to be open, transparent, honest. You need to confess, but wisely. And we can help you figure out how to do that, by the way. Absolutely. The next point, and this goes back to an earlier point, it relates to earlier when we said take full responsibility, don't assign blame. A secondary part of that is to try to understand the hurt that you caused. So as you're answering questions, as without painting visuals, as you're moving through putting things back together with your spouse, they're probably going to show some of the hurt in how they've felt now, hopefully, and we can work with you as a couple so that it doesn't become attacking and blameful. I mean, there's a really, a a really powerful way to do this to where it actually can help your relationship and not hurt it more, but your spouse is going to be upset. You're going to see that. And to an extent you need to, because you need to understand the consequences of the actions that you had, not for you to continue to live in shame and guilt for the rest of your life, But for you to fully understand how your spouse feels, that helps them heal. But then for you to be able to apologize for all of those things in order to free yourself, to free your spouse, and for both of you to be able to move forward. So try to understand the amount of the hurt you caused, not so you can live there, but so that you can really fully move on. Very, very good. And there are actually two dimensions to that. One is for the sake of your spouse. Think about this. It's awfully difficult for anybody, including you, to forgive somebody when they kind of blow it off that they'd hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I need you to understand to some degree how deeply I hurt. I, I need you to know that. And so that's for the sake of the spouse. But there's also something about that that's for you if you're trying to end the affair. You see, typically, if I'm in an affair, either a highly sexual one, emotional one, or a combination thereof, I think a lot about my pleasure, the fulfillment I get with being with my affair partner, all the things that fulfill me, at least in some way, that led me to do that. Now, as long as I'm thinking about me and what I feel, it's going to be more difficult to end the affair. But if I can start really understanding, look at what it has done to my wife or to my husband, or look what it's done to my children because the other kids tell them about that and can start trying to relate to the pain that other people have, the pain that comes from what you did, then it takes away some of that draw of -hmm. thinking about this is what was exciting or likable about that affair. It kind of makes that get smaller because you think more and more in terms of, Wow, look how my my actions have affected others. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, uh, affairs are pretty selfish, if you think about it. I'm married to one person. I'm sleeping with another person. We could talk about the selfishness in a whole bunch of different dimensions. But if you want to end this thing, then it's about overcoming your own 
craving for what you want, when you want, how you want it. Mm-hmm. It's having to do with what's best, what's right, what's good, what has integrity. And that's the other side of trying to understand the pain that other people feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And that goes right into, Joe, what we're we're seeing in the shift in marriage, where in the past it was psychology refers to marriage as commitment-based doing what's best for the family, regardless of personal feelings, mm-hmm. doing what's best for keeping the family together and healthy and satisfied mm-hmm. uh, versus what we're unfortunately entering into now and have been since the seventies, which is expressive individualism. I'm only going to do what makes me happy for as long as it makes me happy. And we begin to see the breakdown of family and ultimately society because of that. So think about the greater good you're doing. It's not that we're saying don't be happy ever again, (laughs) but the way which you seek happiness has an impact for generations to come. So think of the greater good you're doing by choosing to put your marriage back together and focus on your family. Look at the state of the world right now. (sighs) How that uh, individualism is affecting society and everything else as a whole. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not worried about society. Actually, we all should be worried about society. And you're thinking, I'm just one person. There's seven point something billion people on the planet. I understand that. But each of us has to accept responsibility for ourselves. And and so what Kimberly's talking about here is it's just the right thing to do. The One of the final points about this for you to consider is to remember that as you're going through this process and you're talking about things, working through forgiveness, ending the affair, ceasing all contact, that your marriage isn't going to go back to normal, maybe ever, and maybe that's a good thing, but especially not anytime soon. Doesn't happen like that. <laughs> no. No, the it takes time to rebuild trust, to put accountability in place, to do the things to rebuild the love and commitment and passion and intimacy in your relationship, your marriage relationship. All of that takes time. But if you do it right, and we can help you do it in the best way possible, then you can actually have a stronger, more satisfying marriage on the other side of the affair than even before because of the work that you and your spouse will go through in order to put the marriage back together. It can actually deepen your intimacy with each other on levels deeper than you could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. I actually heard a guy once actually looked at his wife and said, I told you what happened. I told you, I'm sorry. No, that's it. Let's move on. And she looked at him like, "Mm, no, no, there's a lot of things that have to happen before we can move on. Mm -hmm. And so we recommend that you create accountability that will satisfy both you and your spouse. So it's not too harsh, but not too easy either. And you're saying, well, I don't want to be treated like I'm a five-year-old. I don't want to be watched like I'm a kid. We get that. But sometimes, especially for several months after an affair, um, over-accountability, I just made that word up, but a lot of accountability can be quite helpful, not only to your spouse being able to trust you again, which is a big, big deal, but also for you. Because if I find myself extremely accountable for the next six, nine months, whatever it might be, so that uh, my, my spouse knows where all the money goes, that, that if I'm going to be five minutes late, I'm letting her know where I am. I mean, that kind of accountability where you actually might feel you're being watched like a child for six to nine months. Not only now, as I just said, is that beneficial to your spouse rebuilding trust, beneficial if you have children at home to their rebuilding comfort at home rather than anxiety. But... When you get that stray thought, you get that wild idea, when that 
urge pops out of nowhere. I just want to call her again. I just want to check on him. The fact that you're under that kind of accountability can help keep you from doing things that are going to sabotage your own efforts to stop the affair. Mm -hmm. And finally, remember that we've talked about a lot of things today, but consistency is key. So there may be days where you share too much or you don't call your your husband or your wife and hold that accountability thing when you were supposed to, and they get mad. I mean, there's a bunch of things that could happen along the way. Even if you mess up once, that doesn't mean everything's done and you need to give up and this just isn't worth it. It means you get right back on the saddle and you try again the next day and you be consistent over time. Even if your spouse is still angry and hurt, you continue to do the right things and the things you need to do and show that consistency. That is what will rebuild the trust in order for your marriage to thrive on the other side of this. Consistency is key. It's crucial. Now, we're about to go to a question that one of our viewers has sent in for us uh, about this particular topic. Kimberly, we point uh, we pointed out, mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, that sometimes people are going to need help. And we have various ways to help. But mm-hmm. what's one we can just mention right now before we go into the questions? For the person who has had an affair, the exact episode we're talking about here, we actually have a toolkit that we have created for this person. It's called the I Had an Affair Recovery Toolkit. Pretty self-explanatory, helps you know exactly who it's for. But in that toolkit, there's a couple of things that we mention. We talk about and teach the person how this happened, how they fell in love with this other person, how the affair began. And we also talk about how affairs end. So for those out there who are just stuck in in asking themselves, why did this happen? How could I let it? Maybe you're experiencing some guilt. Then we can actually teach you the research-based process that happened to how this happened and help you understand so that you don't feel like you're just a bad person who has done a bad things, Mm -hmm. a bunch of bad things. Listen, the affair shouldn't have happened, but there's a lot more that went into it. And we can help you understand that. Right. Uh, You can also learn how affairs can change you into someone you don't want to be. Maybe you experienced a lot of self changes during the affair. You became a person you didn't like anymore. We help you understand what that was, how that happened and how to become back to the person that you do like again, as well as deciding what to do for the future. Maybe there's some of you listening who are saying, I haven't fully decided I want to end the affair. If you go through this toolkit, you will have better guidance in understanding which decision should you make. Should you leave your marriage or should you stay and try and fight for it? We help you even make that decision too. So you can find out more about the I Had an Affair toolkit and join, get immediate access to it by clicking the link in the show notes below. And if you use the code podcast, then you can save an extra 10% off of the toolkit as well. If you're listening though, and you are the spouse of the person who had an affair, we also have something for you. I won't go more in depth about it here for time's sake, but we do have the My Spouse Had an Affair Recovery Toolkit. You can also go to the link in the show notes below, use the same code podcast and save 10% off of that one as well. And for those that are driving along and don't have a way to click a link, if they go to our website, marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com, can they just type that into the search engine on our page there? Yes, you can go to marriagehelper.com and click the courses tab to find out more. 
It's time to go to our questions now. We're going a little long, so we need to get to those right away. We ask various team members to read these questions that people send in. And the person that's about to read this question for us is Jesse True. He is our creative services manager, who is a key part of our team at Marriage Helper. So, Jesse, uh, read this question this husband sent in for us, please. Thank you, Dr. Beam and Kimberly, for that introduction. Uh, This question was submitted to us by one of our listeners, and he asks... How do you break away from your affair partner? My biggest obstacle is honestly that I don't want to. I want to be with my affair partner, but I have a wife that's good to me and who wants to stay together. We also have three children. I've tried numerous times to end it, but I don't know what to do. Thank you, Jesse, for reading that. And thank you, sir, for sending that and for the honesty you're showing there. Kimberly, uh, based on everything we've said so far, everything is applicable to this question. And so we would say to this gentleman and everybody else, once you've heard this question, go back and listen to the first 15 minutes of this program, because mm, what we say there directly applies. Mm -hmm. But let me add one other thing right here. And Kimberly will add some things as well. And that is this, that decisions come first and emotions later. If you wait for you to feel a certain way before you make a certain decision about what you do about your marriage, about your life, about your affair, about anything else, then those emotions are so fickle and they can change on any given day. And so don't let emotions drive your decision here. You're going to feel them. Just don't let them drive your decision. Decisions will affect the emotions. Make the right decisions. Do the right things. And the emotions will eventually fall in the line. Typically, not immediately, but they will fall in the line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The other part of this is to remember that there has to be a hundred percent cessation of contact. You need to end all contact, texting calls. If you work together, you may want to consider looking for a new job. And hey, the job market is hot right now. So it's a great time for you to just move right along. God has something better in store for you. Do closing email accounts deleting social media. I mean, there may need to be extreme measures taken, but your family is worth it. So take the extreme measures. And I know it sounds extreme and you may be thinking you guys are nuts, but we have worked with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of marriages. And, and we have actually seen people make those decisions. I'm, I'm going to find a different job because I can't work there anymore because she's there. He's there. We've even seen people move to a different town when they live in a small town and they're going to wind up having a lot of contact anyway. Now, obviously those are your decisions and we can't command or tell you what to do, but if you really want to save the marriage, then those kinds of things would be really important. Mm -hmm. Now we're assuming, or at least I'm assuming that, that your spouse knows about this affair. Well, if that's the case, then here's a recommendation we have for you, Write A very uh, starkly honest and direct letter to your affair partner And don't elaborate a lot. Just say uh, what we did should not have happened. I'm a married man. And then say, and this is over. Please don't contact me again. And by the way, my wife is the person who is mailing this to you. So she knows everything. Then if your wife approves that, then she may want to add some words, which will be fine as long as you don't let her (laughs) get really vitriolic and angry when the things that she puts in there, because that's not going to help anybody. But then let your wife mail it. And this is a clear sign to your wife and to the affair partner. It's done. It's over. And that, again, like everything we've talked about, it's not just important for your wife, not just important for the other person. That's Mm -hmm. important for you and the reprogramming you're going to do to get past this affair. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. This is not one of those instances like in business and even just politeness in society. A lot of times people say, well, I need to meet them in person because this is difficult information and I should, I shouldn't send a letter or a text message. Not here. That is not the rule. That is not how you handle it because we, we hear that, don't we, Joe? A lot of people saying, but I just need to go see them one last time and deliver this news in person because I owe it to them. No, you don't. You owe it to your family to no longer see that person and to end it with absolutely no more allowance of anything further to happen. That's what you owe. Kimberly, I actually worked with a physician once who was having an affair with his office manager. <laughs> and and we we he went straight from a meeting with me where it's like, I've got to end this. I want to save my marriage. My, mm-hmm. my children are upset with me, et cetera. Uh, straight to his office to have a meeting with her because she worked for him. And I said, that's kind of dangerous. I do it. I would, I would call her from here and tell her not to be there when you got there. No, no, no. I've got to face her. So I called her that afternoon and said, I had to go. She went into her, uh, her little office and wrote a contract where you could never fire her for any reason, came back in and convinced him to sign it <laughs> because your emotions are so powerful. That face-to-face meeting and seeing the, the pain or anger or rejection or whatever you might see on the other person's face can affect everything. So not, not face-to-face. That letter makes a lot more sense. And once you stop that interaction with your, with your affair partner, that's not enough, is it, Kimberly? No, it's not. Because just stopping one thing doesn't mean it starts something else. And what you need to start is following the love path. That's the process that we teach at Marriage Helper with your, in this instance, with your wife. Get back on it together and do the things you need to do to work to rebuild love and to have a better marriage. And that's what we teach at the workshop. For this guy, the perfect next step for them is the workshop. And I'm sure I'll talk about that later in Mm -hmm. more depth, but you have to learn the things that both of you need to do together in order to heal, but to move forward, both those things have to happen. And the best thing that you can do are the things we teach. They're research-based, time-tested, experience-proven, and it helps marriages. We have an amazing success rate in being able to do that. So you have to start doing the things to build love by <laughs> following the love path. Hmm. And, and we would recommend that you find a good accountability partner of the same gender as mm-hmm. you, but one who has a strong sense of integrity and doing what's right. In other words, not somebody who would aid and abet you going back into the affair. Somebody that's a good enough friend with a strong enough backbone that would say to you, cut it out. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. You say, why would I want that accountability partner? So if you have a yin, an urge, in the middle of the day or the middle of the night that I just need to go see my affair partner one more time, or I just need to call her one more time or whatever. Instead, you call the accountability partner and they kind of help you through it, calm you down so that you don't have that contact. And Kimberly, if they do wind up having contact with the other person, even if the other person initiated it, Mm -hmm. what do they need to do about that? Tell their wife um, for him, tell his wife immediately, because that's how you rebuild the trust and you take away that thrill of what it might be like to contact her back that goes away from you when you expose it, when you share with your wife what's going on. So be transparent about everything. If you hear from her, if she emails you, if she tries to talk to you through a friend, anything, tell your wife so that your wife can be on your side to support you. You say that you've tried to end it before 
I understand how that works. Back many, many years ago when I was in my affair, actually a few decades ago now, I know what that feels like. And, and you just go right back to it again and again, even though you claim you won't. But if you do these things, even if they seem draconian, even if they seem too extreme, this is for you. If you truly wanted another affair. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, we also have another question, and one of our team members is reading that for us. Our next question is being read by Sonia Tallman. Sonia is transitioning right now from our marketing team into being one of our marriage helper coaches. But I also want to let you know that this next question, if you have kids around, you need to go to a place where they probably shouldn't hear the answer. It's a pretty explicit in nature and it's being answered by Dr. Joe Beam, our sexologist. So that's the topic it's around. So put in some earphones or head to your bathroom to listen to the answer to this question. Thank you, Dr. Joe and Kimberly for the introduction. This next question comes to us from one of our listeners and she says, I have ended my affair. I'm not even sure it was real love or not. It may have been more of a fantasy, but I miss the sex. How do I stop thinking about that part of my affair? I apologize if this question offends anyone who might be listening because I truly don't mean for this to sound hurtful. Thank you, Sonia. And and for the woman who wrote this question, thank you for your openness and honesty about that. And I certainly understand what you're talking about. And anybody who has been in that emotional affair especially if it includes sex. Anybody who's been in that feels the same kind of things that you do, where you're saying, is this sex ever going to be matched again? I mean, I'm remembering how amazing and wonderful it was. Well, a couple of things you need to understand. We talk about a thing called limerence. You can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash marriage helper, all one long word, and you can find various uh, videos, either Kimberly or I or people on our team have done about limerence. Don't have time to describe it in detail here, but what happens in limerence is there's a decrease in serotonin. What that means is that you have more anxiety. You have more fear, particularly that the relationship with the affair partner is not going to work out or not continue. Anytime you have a decrease in serotonin, you have a dramatic increase, a dramatic increase in libido. In other words, your sex drive goes up very, very intensely. And that means that the sex that occurs in a limerent affair is considered by the person who is having it to be somewhat exceptional. Like, I don't know that I ever knew we could be this intense, that it could ever feel like this. But a lot of what's happening in there has to do with brain chemicals. And so you're thinking, wow, but so if I leave the affair, then I give up that good sex. If you stay in the affair, you're going to give up that phenomenal sex. You see, it's designed to basically draw us together, but, but limerence that happening with our brain chemicals, all those things were never intended to keep us together. And there's a thing called sexual habituation, which means after about two years, any couple, no matter who they are, after about two years, the the sex drive for each other begins to wane a little bit. Repertoire decreases. In other words, you don't do as many different things with each other sexually. Uh, frequency decreases. Now, if you're in a limerent affair, it may be three or four years before you actually go into that sexual habituation. But at some point, you will. So the thing that you say, man, I, you know, am I ever going to have that in my marriage? The answer is no, it's not the same thing. If you're saying that I need to stay in my affair because I'm going to have it there for the rest of my life and it's phenomenal. Actually, it's not. It's going to end because those brain chemicals are eventually going to go back under different direction. And when that happens, that ecstasy you're feeling in sex isn't going to happen anymore. 
And so I would strongly recommend that you do not allow yourself to fantasize about those sexual actions, because as long as you fantasize, bringing back into your memory, thinking about him and what you did with him, the longer it's going to take you to heal from this. And, and you really are, believe it or not, chasing a fantasy, just as you said you might be. You are. And if you're thinking about him and you're masturbating, whenever you orgasm, you're going to create more oxytocin, which is a very strong bonding chemical. In other words, fantasizing about him and if you're masturbating is going to connect you to that previous lover even more. Or if you're fantasizing about him while you're having sex with your husband, same thing. It's going to tie you to the other guy even more. But please believe me. The science is there. We know from our experience with thousands upon thousands upon thousands that sexual ecstasy you had in the affair was going to end anyway at some point and and go into what sex is more normally like between two human beings who are connected to each other. We also have a thing that I don't have time to explain right now called Spark Your Marriage. And it's uh, seven and a half hours of videos that leads you to think about sex and to talk about sex with your spouse and to find a new way to have sex with your spouse that can be even more fulfilling than what you had before. But it's based in reality, not on the chemical high of limerence. So Kimberly, how do they find that spark your marriage? Yes, they can find it by going to marriagehelper.com. And again, going to that courses tab at the top also will include a link for it in the show notes. Okay. Well, we need to wrap up. We've gone a little long. So what are our key takeaways today, Kimberly? The first key takeaway is to admit that the affair is too powerful for you to end or stop thinking about completely on your own. You need help and that's okay. The second key takeaway is to remember to take responsibility for your actions without assigning blame to your spouse or anyone else. Take full responsibility for your actions. The third one is to confess wisely. In other words, there are some things you don't need to talk about that we can tell you more about um, in another episode and to do it demonstrating the fact that you're sorry that you hurt the other person. And the fourth is don't expect that all of the emotions or memories or feelings that you had in the affair are going to end immediately because they're not. But when you begin doing the right things to rebuild your marriage, it can help you move on even if the memories never fade, but it can help to where you don't think about it all the time and it begins to fade away. But the memories will fade eventually. They don't completely go away. They don't get erased, but they'll become less powerful and and make it extremely difficult for you to have any interaction with your fair partner. Build barriers, do all the kind of things you need to do to make sure that that cannot happen. And if they, re- if they try to contact you, don't respond. Number six is to be transparent with your spouse about everything. If the person contacts you, all of those things, be transparent and create accountability. The point number seven, be sure that you have a person you can go to because it may not be wise for you to always share with your wife or with your husband. If you're struggling with feelings again, there may need to be a same gender person that you go to that you can just talk to with and tell them when you're struggling, when you're hurting, that will help you stay on track and stay committed to your marriage. Hmm. 
So, Kimberly, you've mentioned the workshop several times, and we have. So tell them about that before we uh, do two more things. One is I'll tell you about our next episode and how it's going to be very interesting. And then we'll actually uh, have a testimonial from one of our couples so you can hear people other than us talk about this. So tell them about the workshop, please, Kimberly. Our workshop is a perfect solution to the situations that we have been talking about today. If you are in the middle of either deciding to end an affair or you have decided to end it, but you are struggling with either putting your marriage back together or the reconciliation process has been rocky, then I know that this workshop will be what you need to put you and your marriage back on track. During the three days, it is a live three-day workshop. You can either come in person or you can do it online. Either way, it is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday workshop led by one of our Marriage Helper trained facilitators that has over a 70% success rate at saving marriages. Now, you probably have a ton of questions. You can go online. You can go to marriagehelper.com. You can click on the workshops tab. You can download our workshop brochure to find out even more information. Or you can also sign up for one of our webinars. We do once a month. Dr. Joe and I will answer your questions about the workshop any questions about the workshop and tell more about what we do there, how it works and more success stories that we've seen come from the workshop. So we have had thousands of people go through this workshop over the past several years, actually over 21 years, maybe even 22 now. Goes up every year. Those workshops in 1999. So whatever year you're watching this, (laughs) go from 1999 to seeing this video. 23 now. So you can go to that tab. You can register for those webinars on the workshops page on our website and also download our workshop brochure there too. Also, we have a, a video. I think you want to watch it. It'll take a couple of minutes. So hang on for that. Now that we've talked about, okay, how can I end my affair? Next episode, we're going to talk about, okay, so what do I do? How, how can I put this back together? What can I do if I'm the one who's straight? And that'll be our next episode. But Hey, Enjoy this video. Uh, this was necessary for us. We had to. We had to. We had to do this because we were on the verge of. Uh, I wanted out. He had had an emotional affair. I had had an emotional affair. We had gone through so many difficulties. We needed to find our way back to each other. And now I know with the love path that there actually is a path that I can. I can follow. Yeah, I'm one of those people that needs step one, two, three. We. I've been given the tools in order to talk to him. So, and he's actually has the tools to actually be able to hear me, which is kind of new. <laughs> I didn't know he didn't hear me. I mean, I knew he didn't hear me, but now I know. Now I know he can. This has been wonderful. We have hope. My marriage would never have lasted. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was very hesitant at taking this course. She kept hounding me, hounding me. You take off work. You do this. Oh, it's so been so good. And I know myself better than ever. And I recommend this workshop to anybody that wants to save their marriage. They need to do it. Absolutely. Sure. Yes. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. 
We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio. 